This episode of the Mother Loving Future Show is brought to you by Amber Lestrange and Jenna Penrose with JMO 5000 Productions. Welcome to the Mother Loving Future Show, everyone. Today we have a very exciting topic, Meditate Your Way to the New Earth with Johnny Pollard. We are so happy to have you here with us today as we explore this amazing world of meditation and how we can use this tool to carry us into a new paradigm. God knows we need to head in that direction, so I am honored to have Amber's old friend, to be able to announce Amber's old friend, Johnny from Australia Days, on our show today, sharing his invaluable knowledge on this topic with us today. Johnny, such a pleasure to see your beautiful face via Skype. Hi. So so great to see you guys. Thanks for having me on the show. Oh, absolute we pleasure. Are so honored. There's nothing but smiles here. So let me <laughs> give the audience a little intro on Johnny's amazingness. Johnny Pollard is an author and internationally recognized meditation and wisdom teacher who has dedicated his life to sharing ancient knowledge gained from some of the greatest living masters of our time. He specializes in teaching the art of embodiment, uh, of embodying our true nature to live the most meaningful life possible. Studying and teaching for over two decades, today Johnny is based in New York City and travels the world teaching meditation, running workshops and retreats, and acting as a personal and corporate consultant. In addition, he leads mass meditations and speaks at major cultural and lifestyle events. The foundation of Johnny's teaching stems from the timeless Vedic tradition. The core of his teachings focus on embodying our deepest nature of, you guessed it, love. Johnny is also the co-founder and creator of the most brilliant meditation map on earth. App. Just saying. App. I said app, right? Oh, I thought I said map, but maybe I did. A map to meditating. Exactly. An app. <laughs> Ready? Drum roll. <laughs> One Giant Mind Learn Meditation Course and the One Giant Mind Teacher Training Academy. These programs have taught over 250,000 people from around the world to meditate, including Jenna, I may add, who's obsessed with it. I thought I knew how, but apparently I didn't. I guess not. (laughs) It must be so nice just to have Johnny's voice like in your psyche all day. It's like... Really, you can do amazing things with this power, Johnny. (laughs) (laughs) And I have to end Johnny's introduction just revealing that he is the author of an incredible book called The Golden Sequence, which I'm reading and I'm completely obsessed with. I genuinely can't put down my book, which is a very good sign. She genuinely is obsessed. Yeah. So thank you, Johnny, for changing our lives in so many ways. And then actually being on our podcast. I know. We're so honored. And um, Jenna's (laughs) going to give us a little definition of today's topic before we let you take the reins, Johnny. So my, my definition of meditate your way to the new earth is there is a new world coming, a world of peace, sustainability, and high vibrational consciousness. How do we get there, you ask? Meditation is the most important tool we have to shift our consciousness, heal ourselves, connect to spirit, and start being the change we want to see in the world. Beautiful. Mm. Hi, Johnny. Hi, guys. Yeah. Juicy intro. That's right. No pressure. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the, the only thing that I tweak on that little intro, that definition, mm-hmm. is that if we can take the time factor out of it and um, 
and recognize that what it is that you declare that is coming is actually always here in the present moment. And the, the shift that we're talking about here is simply arriving in the present moment to realize that underlying the fear and worries that dominate our experience on a day-to-day level is really just a uh, condition of being removed from the truth of who we are. And the truth of who we are is that we are incredibly powerful in our capacity to intelligently, creatively meet the demands of life in a way that is always in consideration of being in service to the greater good. And this is when our humanity is at its height, when we are dedicated to uplifting everything and everyone that we're engaging with. Um, we, we draw upon something so deep within inside of us, an intelligence that is so profound and so immensely powerful and capable of causing transformation. And it's always here. We, are, or we, we, we have essentially um, only just become disconnected from the reality of, of what we are as human beings. And the arrival of it is really just a shift in our own perception, in our relationship to ourself. The arrival of this new earth is really just the arrival of our attention in the present moment and making a commitment to um, what it means to remain present despite the discomfort and the, the pull into the future, which is an addiction that we've developed as a result of being conditioned into fear. You know, we've, we've all been deeply conditioned uh, into fear. And um, as a result, the, the, the defensive response of existing in a state of fear is that we're always preempting a, a threat in the future and trying to counter it. And that's what, that's what breaks the circuitry of our humanity. When we lose sight of who and what we are, which is an experience in the present moment, we become devoid of that when we uh, believe that we are in danger and we have to project uh, ourselves into the future to try and counteract something that may or may not happen. And for the most part, most of the time, whatever we're imagining might happen never does. And yet we get caught on this hamster wheel of defensive strategic thinking. And the more that we, we experience that, the more we normalize it, the more we become removed from the truth of what we are. And so from that perspective, Jenna, you know, it, it's, it does, it, it is a linear journey. Like we do need to get there. We all are on a journey uh, each day, getting closer to understanding what it means to bring ourselves into the present moment. But at some point on the journey, we all need to accept that what we're moving towards is already here. Mm. I love the revelation. That. Mm, Absolutely, it's already here. Brilliant! What a twist! Mm. And I love that it's almost just like it's with us. We have arrived. It's just a matter of unveiling that and doing mm-hmm. whatever we can to not miss it by being present. And can I just yeah. ask as a follow-up, because kind of what I was getting at is like, I agree completely with what you said, especially on the individual level that for each individual, it is here and now. Um, and a, you're able to access that kind of what I was getting at. And you totally, uh, can disagree, but it's like, if you look at the general population, they haven't 
really realize that yet. And so most of the percentage of humanity, you could say, is not arrived and maybe doesn't have the tools to arrive yet. And maybe I have hold hope. And what I was referring to, I think, is like that a greater percentage of humanity could arrive there and that that would construct um, an external world that would reflect some of these internal values that individuals such as you are living and embodying in this present moment. Yeah, yeah. So we're in total agreement. And it's, you know, I'm just putting a little spin on it. You know, what you said is beautiful. And it's definitely, uh, there is definitely a a linear dimension to it that we need to, on a day-to-day basis, really commit to ourselves to break the habit of ignoring, Mm -hmm. ignoring who and what we know ourselves to be. And that starts with first developing, breaking the habit of forgetting. You know, because it happens in a cycle. So first we break the habit of forgetting and that generally has uh, is as a result of moving into such an intolerable state of suffering, anxiety, where we're just like, I can't deal with this anymore. I can no longer pretend that, um, you know, everything's fine. I feel terrible. Everything around me is not reflective of who, who I want to be in the world. And uh, when we move past that, you know, sense of, uh, you know, everything's broken and terrible into, okay, what can I do about this? Then we must employ the power of our own volition to um, then stop ignoring what it is we know. And in order to assist in that process of breaking the habit of ignoring what we know, we need to nurture what it is we do know in a very strategic way. And there are lots of different ways in which we can utilize the power of our loving attention to turn it inward and cultivate strength and vitality, stability and steadiness inside of ourselves in order to you know, um, develop the capability of remaining here and present. And that's what I concern myself with mostly. And right. that's what the book, The Golden Sequence, is all about. I was about to say the book I'm obsessed with, The Golden Sequence. To me, I'm hearing your words ring in my head of the wisdom of the heart. And you talk Mm. about it a lot in the book as this place that we're talking about, that we're trying to get to, that is beyond the distraction of fear and the ego and, you know, the suffering is really that wisdom of the heart. And so... Can you talk to us about, um, you know, how you came to discover your wisdom, your, your heart's wisdom? What's your journey? Mm. Where did you come from and how did you get where you are? Were you just born like this, knowing all this stuff? <laughs> <laughs> you just come So I would say rediscover. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yes, I was born this way, as, as was each of us. And um, for some reason – uh, the the light was able to sh- to remain on in the face of you know lots of attempts at trying to get me to conform to you know or to be conditioned. I had a, a a very strong natural repulsion towards anyone trying to condition me, um, where the lights would start to become dim. There was just an impulsive you know rejection of it. Um, and which created a great deal of turmoil for me growing up um, because what I really wanted to do was to belong 
And yet I found myself at such odds, um, finding it very difficult to conform in, in, in the kind of way that, uh, the world seemed to belong. You know, I, I'm like, you all seem to kind of belong to this thing, but this thing is not agreeable to me in any way. Totally. And yeah. And, and so I was, I was at odds with myself and, um, I, I, I felt hurt because I felt rejected because I felt like I wasn't understood. And, um, and as a result of feeling rejected in my defense, I rejected back. And so my whole identity was based on, you know, what I didn't like about the world and, um, and sort of, you know, had a punk attitude of fuck you. Um, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the sweetest way, I guess it wasn't a, a terribly aggressive, um, F you, but it was still, um, I wasn't whole and complete. Uh, but I absolutely live life on my terms and, um, sort of, sort of stumble my way through life. Just, just, um, following any impulsive charm. And that led me to myself the, the true self. And, you know, by the time I was about 19, um, the, the unsustainability of defining myself based on what I didn't like, so, you know, became very prevalent and I needed to embrace what it was that I loved about myself and about life. And that meant that I had to go into my heart and face a lot of pain from the past you know, there were a lot of experiences that happened in my childhood that, you know, left a, a deep, a painful impression on me. And I had to go in there and in order to get to the love, move through the pain. And uh, when I had the realization that that was the pathway, I just 100% committed myself to that process and um, s- sought out people that were skilled in this, uh, which led me to India and I was able to to study uh, not only under teachers but great bodies of knowledge that revealed a, a systematic approach of unfolding the potential of my loving nature. And I've been on that path ever since. And um, you know, but what, in, in retrospect, I look back on it and I, I see that I was always like that, and we're we're all like that. And you know, the conditioning of life uh, just happens to impact us in different ways. Unfortunately for me, uh, I, I had, you know, some, some force in my spirit that just, you know, refused to allow me to, to accept certain things, which enabled me to, um, you know, spend more time in the truth of myself. Wow. It, it despi- despite its discomfort, you mm. know, because it was extremely uncomfortable um, for, for a long time. Um, and so I've dedicated my life to creating pathways for people that live in the West, um, to gain access to the truth of themselves as quickly as possible, as frictionally as possible, and to contextualize each stage of the journey in a way that makes it less confusing, less confrontational, less daunting, and, uh, more empowering, uh, and more meaningful and more purposeful. Mm, beautiful. What a victorious story. 
Totally. And I was going to ask you, because I know, uh, obviously, your apps and you're very centered around meditation, which is like, is it, is your meditation Vedic meditation? Is that the same as TM, Transcendental Meditation? And and is that what you studied in India? I was going to ask that. Is it that has it morphed and changed as you have grown and discovered new ways? Or is it the exact same as when you first discovered meditation in India all those years back? Yeah, so I, I've studied... Um, a very wide um, sort of body of knowledge uh, that is primarily what is referred to as Vedic knowledge that derives from India. Um, and what, what Vedic knowledge is, is, well, the word Vedic comes from the word Ved, which means to know. And uh, the principle of knowing is experiential. It means an embodied state you know, it's not just an internet, an intellectual reckoning. It is a knowingness on an, an intuitive level um, that is beyond any sort of rational logic or premeditated thinking. It's spontaneous insight that reveals the truth and the nature of a thing. Mm-hmm. So the Vedic oh, tradition, it. It, yeah, and, and so the, the, the Vedic tradition is dedicated to having the deepest and broadest understanding of the nature of reality as a direct experience of knowingness. And we are, as human beings, knowing beings. This is how I characterize our humanity. You know, the, the subtitle of the book is Reclaiming Our Humanity. Another way I could have written that is Reclaiming Our Knowingness. Um, because it's, it's, it's in our humanity that we know who and what we are. And to know who and what we are is the, the single most natural thing. And so the... Uh, the body of knowledge that I teach um, derives from this beautiful ancient tradition um, that, uh, you know, take lifetimes, lifetimes, and many, many lifetimes to, to cover the full length and breadth of the knowledge that's available. Do you think that you, to interject, do you think you spent lifetimes previous to this one studying that? Um, I couldn't say for sure, but, you know, I, I, I would think yes. <laughs> I think so too. Um, g- given, given my natural predisposition yeah. um, to, to this way of living and, you know, the ease of interpretation and, um, and applicability of the knowledge, I, 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 one would think that I've, I've been around the block a few times with it. Definitely. That's um, my natural conclusion for you. It feels like it's yeah. familiar to you. Yeah. Like there's something familiar, mm. like a, I don't know, yeah. like someone you've spent a lifetime with before, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, but, but this is the very nature of the knowledge is that when you hear somebody who is knowing it, speak it, it then resonates in that place of knowingness within you. Um, and you know, whether I've had many lifetimes or not is sort of beside the point for me. And this is a big part of, you know, my, my teaching is that wisdom is timeless and it has, it it is always here and it's infinite, you know, it's infinite in its creative capability and potential and it's infinite in so much that it is timeless. It is always present. It is always here now, had no beginning, no ending as such. And so, um, so when we talk about the, the practices that I teach and the practices that I practice, they're, they're all Vedic in essence. Um, and what Vedic meditation means, it, it refers to one particular style of practice, 
um, that I refer to as a being technique that causes um, the, the conditioned thinking mind to become acquainted with what defines us as human beings. You know, a, a state of being it, and it's funny that we call ourselves human beings, by the way, isn't it? You know, what, and what is the being part of our humanness? The being part of our humanness is the isness, the timeless uh, isness of what we are beyond our ideas of who we think we are. And what we are is an infinite, unbounded awareness state that has inherent within it, structured within it, intelligence that spontaneously desires to be expressive in every moment as a fountainhead of nature's intelligence to be uh, a, a, a dynamic expression um, to interact and be in relationship with everything else. And uh, the impulse that drives that is thematic. It, there are themes in it. And the, the, the term that I like to use um, to describe that theme is love. Mm. I, def I define love as the spontaneous instinct to nurture greater connection, growth, and belonging. Because mm. connection is uh, what we require as human beings in order to understand ourselves and each other. Uh, growth is what we are always doing. We're in a perpetual state of expanding mm -hmm. our understanding of who we are, what we are, what our relationship is to reality and how we can progress it in order for the whole thing to thrive, right? So that's the growth component. And belonging is the experience of our inherent nature of being part of the fabric of life. There is only one field of creation. There is the appearance of, of other, but underlying it is one indivisible field of consciousness, intelligence mm -hmm. that governs it. Mm -hmm. And as human beings, when we are connected to the, the truth of who we are as spiritual beings in our beingness, what we experience is an, un, a, 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 an incredible sense of belonging to the whole thing. Mm. And herein lies where we find our true identity as human beings, in our belonging. Mm. That's and where we all need to big, get to. Yeah, yeah. The, the essence of our humanity is discovered in our belonging, in, our, in the underlying unity of our, of our experience uh, as human beings. And so um, in, in the state of being, um, which is what this particular technique that, are, that you were just talking about um, cultivates, it, um, it enlivens our experience of our instinct to want to connect, grow and belong, or in other words, our instinct to love. Cause that's mm -hmm. essentially all love is doing. What, what is love up to? It is always attempting to orchestrate greater connection, growth and belonging. Mm. And so from that standpoint, um, uh, I, the reason why I teach uh, a being technique first is because when we establish that foundation and make it steady, stable, then all the other techniques that, we, that are available to us that, that stimulate and reinforce and strengthen the other functions of the mind um, are then contextualized. There's a reason for it and there's a capability to be able to do it. Mm. Um, and so 
I mean, and this is probably the subject of a whole other podcast, but in the One Giant Mind Teacher Training Academy, we, we outline a very specific model that delineates the, the, the functions of the mind that are sequential. And there are certain techniques that can be practiced sequentially that make the unfolding of the potential of the mind more elegant, more effective, quicker, uh, and sustainable. Uh, yeah, and then give, give rise to a, a, a greater experience. And so who doesn't want that? And so we, we, within the Teacher Training Academy, what we do is we, we outline that whole, that whole process and, and place into context um, the value of the different meditation practices. You know, this whole, whole thing about my technique's better than your technique or this technique's better than that technique is nonsense, actually. What we're interested in is just understanding when to practice them in what order for what purpose. Mm-hmm. And I always start when I'm teaching somebody to meditate to first establish being. Once being is established, there is ample awareness, ample self-awareness to actually coherently turn attention inward and understand the mechanics of the mind with guidance. But without that underlying awareness, which is inherent in being, it's very difficult to get a coherent signal about what's going on inside of our minds. People sit to try and meditate and they just complain about not being able to control their thoughts, constantly thinking undesirable thoughts, having undesirable sensations, feeling agitated, all of these things. And there is a way of very elegantly and easily quelling all of that and establishing a baseline of awareness that gives rise to the, 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 the mind state that is most desirable. It's actually a brilliant analogy to apply to every facet of our life. I think this generation um, has this kind of idea that um, we should just get to the top instantly and be professionals and experts and be top of our field. But there is a certain <laughs> order of things. And as you said, you, you don't want to build a house on, of cards. Is that the expression? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like laying the foundation and then it's appropriate for the next one. And it's, um, yeah, I think that we can all take a little <laughs> note out of that yeah. book and see where else in our life we're kind of jumping the gun without really laying that solid foundation first to get to that more sustainable, truly integrated, transformative place. You're right. It's, it's yeah. brilliant. It's such a brilliant method that you've got going on here. And your book, The Golden Sequence, has kind of takes the reader through that journey. And um, I love how that theory is just woven in through all of the chapters. And it's, yeah, it's brilliant. I'm obsessed with it. And the app, too, (laughs) is very sequential and just gives you little bit by little bit and takes you on this journey that's very engaging and very palatable, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And most things are not palatable, in my opinion, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I get that sense from you, Jan. Yeah, um, she's a hard well, critic. Good one. You've won a robot. Yes. Uh, yeah, I've, I've gotten through your filters. It's wonderful. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, the operative word here is sequence. Everything within nature is sequenced. You know, we while we can talk about there being, you know, an underlying timeless, infinite, absolute truth to, to our experience, there is also a, uh, a linear dimension a time-based dimension where that infinite intelligence is expressing itself in a time-constrained, a time-space-constrained dimension, and there is sequence to progress. And the big question is, where are we heading? What are we progressing into? And 
once we understand that, then we can ask ourselves, what is the most progressive way in order to make that happen in the most elegant way, mm. in the most frictionless way? Mm-hmm. And so, um, hello, Al. Hello. Sorry. No worries. <laughs> um, I, I, what I might do, just, just so we don't interrupt the audio, is I'll move into the other room. Okay. Should we make a note? Um, yeah. yeah, 30 minutes. And I'm going to have to go with 30, 25. Okay. Yeah, me too. So, okay, great. Yeah. Um, uh, so, um, so what I was saying was that, that the, the optimum, the, I was talking about sequence. Uh-huh. So when, so, so when we, when we look at nature and we look at the sequencing of things, everything operates within cycles and it's so important going back to the point that you made is that we, you know, we live in a culture where everybody wants to hack or, you know, skip steps in order to get somewhere quicker. Yeah. But the big question we need to ask ourselves is why and where are you going, by the way? Where is it that you're actually going? You know, because all we're interested in doing is arriving here in the present moment. Where do you think you're hacking yourself into? And um, there's a whole paradigm that is immensely confusing um, to genuine seekers of truth. And we need to be, you know, really discerning when we're talking about the the linear journey um, of where we're heading. Because the truth is that, you know, you ask anybody that is enlightened, they'll say, um, you know, pre-enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. Post-enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. You know, everything, you know, still remains the same in the, on, the, on the gross level of our experience, in the linear dimension of our experience. You know, we are still going to have to engage in activity and, and move through this life with all the instruments of our humanity, which is having emotions having thoughts, having to be in relationships, being in conflict with each other, needing to resolve. And so when, when we're in this process of bettering ourselves, we need to ask ourselves why. Mm-hmm. Why are we doing this? If we don't have a context for it, um, then it, it can, we, we can get very distracted mm-hmm. in terms of where we're heading. And so what I'd like to propose to your listeners for consideration as a why um, first is to alleviate your suffering, but to not stop there, which is mostly where people start and stop. Um, once suffering is alleviated to then ask the question, how can I be of the greatest service in this moment to the world right now? And to then dedicate all the, uh, efforts that you engage in to better yourself to unfold your potential, um, to making sure that everything that you're doing in any moment is contributing some value to someone or something as well as yourself. Mm, the greater good. Yeah. And, and, and then we have a context for um, the, the sequence of things. Then all of a sudden, sequence and process become the path. Mm. We're less interested in trying to skip things to get somewhere because we realize ultimately being of service is a here and now game. 
in order to be truly impactful in another pe- in another person's life, you are required to be completely present. Mm. You know, to, 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 to leave a lasting impact on somebody requires that you are here, your heart is open, you are listening, you are surrendered to the moment, and you are receiving Mm. what 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 it is that you're engaging with fully and considering at the highest level or at the deepest level of your heart what it is that you can offer of yourself that is going to be nurturing and supportive of deeper connection shared growth and uh reinforcing this principle of belonging this experience of belonging Mm, beautiful and yeah and so um it's it's all in the sequencing and 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 to uncover our capability to do this in the most awful way requires that we are process orientated we're not outcome orientated you know what's the outcome the outcome is that we arrive in the present moment we establish a connection and then we sustain it to sustain any connection and to be on the journey of it progressively becoming deeper richer wholer more powerful more impactful requires a steady, constant, present moment attention to roll with the expansion. Mm. You don't just arrive, get a hit, and then you disconnect and you're off to something else. It's about can I sustain my attention with you as a continuum? Mm. And this is process-orientated. And so the principle of hacking is 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 a complete distraction. Yeah, I can imagine. And it sounds to me like you know majority of uh, majority of us live in this age where uh, people are counting on, on us being distracted there's so many distractions like our mm. mind isn't enough of a distraction there are so many distractions around us that mm. we really need to intentionally grasp onto tools and find tools that work for our mm. own unique kind of constitution which i i can't see meditation not being like you know, a mismatch for anyone. I feel like meditation is actually the baseline of the base tool you need to get the distractions out of your space, the fears, the stories, all of that, to be able to find that space of living in the heart, of being present with someone in order to truly give and truly receive, and that being the pathway to a true life of fulfillment. Other than that, as you said, these hacks are just kind of pointless. We're chasing our tail, aren't we? Unless we know, like, you know, what truly matters and how to really get there. Yeah. And I've just felt like at every single episode of our podcast, when we have guests on, we ask, what are your tips and tricks? How do you know what you know? Where did you, how did you get to where you got? Almost every single person says meditation. It's like, Mm. Every, it's just everyone. So mm. um, clearly, it's crucial. <laughs> yeah. So, so what, one of the things that I really like to emphasize when we're talking about meditation is to, to to kind of go meditation. Yay, great. But why are we meditating? Let's talk about that because mm. you know people love to talk about meditation. I think what we need to be talking more about is what meditation does. Mm-hmm. And what, what meditation does is it establishes us in being, it enlivens our humanity, it, 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 it replenishes our resources of creative intelligence, adaptability, compassion, kindness, friendliness, openness, receptivity, our capacity to listen, all of these qualities that are so essential in order for us to be whole, happy, integrated, fulfilled human beings. And um, 
so I, I always love to shift the conversation once we've kind of gone, yeah, meditation, it's mm-hmm. important. We, we, all, we all agree, right? Tick, We're tick, all tick. in the meditation club. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's now talk about what it actually does. And what, 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 what are some of the things that we're challenged by once we start meditating? Because one of the first things that happens when we start meditating is what's revealed to us is how conditioned we are mm. and how governed we are by subconscious impulses that we, that we seem to have no control over. Super confronting. Very confronting. And this is the first phase of meditation is what, uh, of the experience of meditating is that you wake up and you go, oh, my God. I, I'm creating a lot of this mess. A false How paradigm. I... <laughs> I'm investing yeah. into this illusion of success, mm. happiness, whatever. Mm-hmm. The never-ending yeah. chasing tail. That's what every day you're investing into. It's confronting. You have to restructure your entire approach to life, really, when you get that. Yeah. yeah. And also, people and so, might not have support from their friends and family when they're getting to these kind of levels either. Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's very confrontational. And so here is the reason why I wrote this book. Um, it, it is a, a, a holistic support tool and a teaching that enables you to very elegantly navigate through the terrain of um, self-loathing, unworthiness, unlovability, lack of confidence, uh, all, all of these all of these feelings that naturally arise when we tap being and and that being creates a contrast with the condition. Mm. Our nature our nature becomes contrasted, more highlighted with the condition. And, you know, the, the light shines into the shadow of our ignorance and all of a sudden we start to see everything we've been ignoring and how we've been operating. And so <sighs> we, we, yeah, we need help yeah. navigating that space. And, you know, I've spent the last 20 years mastering the art of how to exist comfortably in the jungle mm. and be, be, be very friendly with the snakes and the tigers <laughs> and, and the beasts. AKA shadow sort of side. Prowl. Yeah, the, the beasts that, 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 that lurk in the shadows mm. and to be able to walk into the shadow and sit down and give the beasts a hug and, and be totally friendly. And, um, and as a result, you know, have, have, uh, the clarity now to be able to share um, the, the, uh, an elegant process that can uh, provide you with a, a very swift pathway. Mm. I don't call it a hack, but I call it a, <laughs> it's a, a swift and a, yeah, a swift and efficient process by mm. which you can establish a steady relationship with the true self Mm, and i love the the titles of your chapters and i know that you go into four golden insights throughout the journey of the golden sequence and can you just tell us the names of those four golden insights because they're just so poetic and they're so powerful and on point that yeah people might get something just from hearing the four golden insights that your whole book is really based on like it's it's like cornerstones of your technique right yeah correct it's it's a they're they're the four four pillars that create the foundation for practicing the golden sequence so the the four golden insights are life is sacred and what this declares is that when we remove fear from our system or we have an experience of fearlessness 
uh, by virtue of moving into that deeper place of love in our heart, either through meditation or staring into our child's eyes, whatever mm. it is. Which we do all the We're, time, by the way, you and yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know that game well. Yeah. So when we, when we have that experience of, uh, of connecting with the magnificence of life, what emerges is a deep sense that we belong to it mm. and that that relationship is deeply important. Mm. And I refer to that as sacredness. Mm. I and refer to that as, as aligning with God. <laughs> and when yeah. I do that, everything else dissolves. All of the chatter, mm. all of the hung up on what that person said, it all dissolves. And I'm like, oh, yeah, mm. this is what it's about, coming back yeah. to love and God. Sorry, continue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so... Um, I use the word sacred because it, it, it can transcend, um, you know, the connotations that some people might have with in, associating with the word God. Totally. Very so smart. Not, yeah. And so sacredness um, is the experience of understanding the preciousness of life. And in so out, out of the first golden insight, life is sacred, emerges the second. The second golden insight is love is our nature. When we behold the sacredness of life, what spontaneously occurs is our heart swells with love mm. for it. And love, as I've defined, is the uh, instinct to nurture greater connection, growth, and belonging with that which we behold as sacred. And so out of the, 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 the second golden insight, love is our nature, emerges the third, which is wisdom is our power. Wisdom is defined as love's in the intelligence of love, love's uh, mechanics. If we, we try to understand the mechanics of love, the way in which love expresses itself, we define it as wisdom. And what wisdom is seeking to always do is to create greater connection, growth, and belonging. Mm. And so why do I refer to wisdom as our power? When we're talking about power, we're talking about influence, if we surrender to our deepest nature, which is that we exist in a symbiotic relationship with all of life, the nature of nature is that it is always seeking to serve itself, to be in a mutually beneficial relationship with itself. And therefore, our power should lie in the extent to which we can serve the greater good to always be serving the, the benefit of other. And, and so when... When we utilize wisdom, which is love, wisdom's intelligence, the way in which love is expressed, as our power, we are guaranteed the experience of fulfillment, which takes us to the fourth golden insight. Fulfillment is our purpose. We are fulfilled when we allow love to flow through being fully surrendered to the sacredness of life. When we deliberately cultivate as the spearhead of our attention in every moment life is sacred, life is sacred, life is sacred, and feel it in our heart, then we guarantee that our love, our heart is always overflowing with love. When our heart is always flowing with love, we have wisdom, we have the insight, the knowingness of how to always serve the greater good, which gives rise to the greatest sense of fulfillment. When we realize that this is what fulfills us and we make that our purpose, we are guaranteed uh, it's a safety net it's our insurance policy that we are going to be of the greatest influence of power to serve the greater good in every moment mm. and so these are why these are the four golden insights 
they serve as as the as the four pillars of which we then build our momentum of how we bring ourselves into the world. I just gotta say, Johnny, like as you were leading us through that, there is such deep knowingness in my in my spirit, my soul, in the core of my essence of those words to be true. I was mm. actually tearing up, like I'd like <laughs> stop a little tear from coming up because it's such a it's it's the gateway into um, you know peace and and true fulfillment and uh, the world that we all hope for and wish for. This is the gateway into it. And yeah, yeah, I just. Uh, just well done. I, I just think you're so incredible <laughs> to be able to make this so eloquently describe a process that can free us from the shackles of our mind and this inherited shadow side that dominates us so much, you know, so much of the time. And um, you've put it together in such a smart, accessible way. It's well done. It's incredible. I have to Thank ask you. here. So um, you obviously practice what you preach and you practice these practices um do you find that you have overcome your shadow that you are all good that you are free from suffering right now who's yes. just talking about his lion <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm free from suffering i'm not free from pain though and i make two different two, two clear distinctions between that I'll, i never lose sight of the truth of my capability to interact with any experience that's happening inside here that is dissonant Mm -hmm. I, my instinct immediately is to go in and allow a flood of coherent, kind, loving attention to flow into, into the dissonance that I feel in my chest. Mm -hmm. And, and I accept any sensation that arises as an opportunity to reconcile what appears to be irreconcilable. This is actually at the heart of my, my personal mission is to, to reconcile what appears to be irreconcilable. Mm -hmm. and, um, and, so, and, and that happens in the heart. It doesn't happen outside of ourselves. We can see the fruit of that labor outside of ourselves. Mm -hmm. But essentially, you know, the experience of peace is something that is internally referenced as is love, as is being, as is mm -hmm. fulfillment. They're all internally referenced phenomenons. And so um, I make a distinction between suffering and pain really simply. Suffering is the belief that I do not have the power to free myself from this experience right now. I am trapped. There is nothing more painful uh, or terrible for a human being to feel trapped in their experience and not know how to get out of it. Mm -hmm. and, and this is suffering. Whereas you can feel enormous pain. You know, are you asking me, you know, if somebody came up to my face, you know, slapped me and said something terrible to me, would it be water off a duck's back? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely not. It had hurt me deeply because I'm a sensitive person. But my capacity to recover from that mm. would be almost instantaneous. Wow. So you can just transmute. You can feel the, the shadow, the pain, but you're able to recognize it, accept it, feel it in your heart, and nearly instantly, or you have the tools to very quickly transmute that into love. Yeah. And so, so pain and love do not 
operate exclusively. They happen simultaneously. Love is never not happening. It's always there, right? And it's on the surface level of my humanity, on of our humanity, is a, um, a fluctuating state of emotions and thoughts, desires, even fears. Um, and the big question is, what is our relationship to that surface layer of our experience? Am I deeply entrenched and embedded and invested in those narratives and do I allow them to dictate my life or are, the, are those experiences on the surface level of, of my life um, backlit and contextualized by the deeper truth of who and what I am and that's the distinction that I'm making here mm-hmm. is that we have the capacity to contextualize any experience that we're having and transmute the relevance and meaning of that experience so that it is serving the narrative of love, creation, progress, transformation, as opposed to serving the narrative of stagnation, regression, defensiveness, other, separateness, mm-hmm. war, all of these, these things. And it is a state of mind. The whole, the whole thing is an internally referenced um, process of, tran- of transmutation. Mm-hmm. Once we experience that internally, then it immediately prints itself out in the outside world. Mm, manifests. The outside, exactly. It, it, our, our reality becomes a carbon copy of our internal reality. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, it's, it's a very interesting spin to put on it. But, Jenna, just to speak very directly to what you're saying, you know, do I still experience sadness and pain and anger and all of those things? Absolutely. These are things that define us as what makes us human. We are feeling beings. Our, our, our emotions are our barometer for understanding our environment, our relationships, all of this. In the absence of that, we are bland and we are unrelatable. Um, however, when we access the fullness of our humanity and we establish being as the baseline of who we are, and that backlights our human experience, the surface level of our human experience, then those flavors of emotions and thoughts and all of these things that happen and fluctuate in us become the stuff of, of, of a, like a masterpiece oil painting, something that you can look at, behold, and go, oh, it's so beautiful, it's mm-hmm. so rich, it's, so, it's, it's the stuff of our human experience that defines our humanity. Mm-hmm. And it's not to be rejected. And there are a lot of people on this spiritual path, you know, pursuing, you know, this kind of one spectrum experience, you know, just an emotionless, equanimous nothingness, you know. <laughs> Sounds a bit um, boring. Well, it is. And, um, and while it has been attained by a handful of individuals, most of those individuals, you know, are in isolation. They're yeah. not interacting with many people. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, going back to that the statement that I made earlier, in our pursuit for personal development, we have to ask ourselves why are we doing it? And I would, you know, what, what I'm trying to do in the book is reinstate this principle that the reason why we exist is for each other. Mm. We, we exist, my existence is for you. Mm. If it, uh, I know that. myself, appreciate it. <laughs> romance—that is true romance, right there. <laughs> when I when I understand when when I reflect on what provides me with the greatest sense of fulfillment, it is my ability to connect with you, to share with you both, 
to to, ha- to share our ideas and to to relay a, a, a universal truth in what we're sharing, and to reinforce this deep sense of belonging that we have to this experience. Mm. This is the greatest thing, and I know that I cannot experience this fully without you, mm-hmm. and without your receptivity. So if I make you priority of, of my attention and whomever else comes in into my pathway knowing that I have the ability to establish this beautiful connection that we're having right now with anybody. I love that example you put in your book when you said I was at a Hollywood party and I was about to leave because no one was connecting with anyone. It was an awkward vibe and (laughs) no one's being present. I'm like, yep, been to that party. Maybe I was there that night. And then you (laughs) said, as I was heading for the door, this celebrity, won't name who, but you have to tell me after this session, walked through the door with such grace and such ease of demeanor and true presence. She looked everyone in the eye and she just emanated this place of being. And you said, Mm. I'm going to stick around and study this person and see what it is, see what effect that presence has on the whole room. And it was Mm. such a beautiful example of the power of living in your heart and Mm. allowing someone to be seen and be truly with them. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it was a great example because it's so relatable, especially here in mm-hmm. Hollywood where <laughs> yeah. most people yeah. are wrapped up in, like, what everyone else is doing and unable to be present. But, And mm-hmm. I also love, Johnny, how you said in your book, I even wrote it down because I loved it so much, wisdom is our intuitive intelligence that is expressed within the experience of love. And that mm-hmm. kind of sums it all up. You know, I feel like meditation is the way to get us to that place and really live from that place and create a life from that place. And it's either going to take you, you're on two trajectories, you know, the new world, the old world, you can call them, but you manifest your reality from what's how you manage your mind. And Mm. I'm on your train. I I need (laughs) all your tricks and tips and I am signed up. Uh, uh, That's so great. So, um, you know, well, one of the things that I'm really encouraging people uh, who are, you know, listening to us is um, if they feel inspired to, to uh, get the book and because it's loaded with practices. It's so good. Uh, um, a, is to also consider, you know, supplementing uh, the practice with a daily meditation practice. You know, they can download the app. It's, it's free. Um, and then, uh, for those that are already deeply indoctrinated and are are on the train, as you would say, um, to, uh, consider the idea of becoming a meditation teacher. I want to do that. Can people in LA do that or only people in Australia uh, under your program? No, 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 no. It's a, it's a global platform. It's, we, we've created it to basically spread meditation as far and wide as possible and Sign us up. Yeah, we're going to do it together, actually. We're going to hold each other accountable. And wherever she's going, I'm going. And where you want to go, where you're, you are. So yeah, we're going to do I'll pay for yours for Christmas. You pay for mine for a Christmas present. Sounds good. And we're good. Yeah, great. So, um, and then, you know, toot, toot the horn, toot the meditation horn, because it's the thing that starts the cascade. Yeah. There is, there is a... A, a cascading effect that occurs when we open the floodgate and all we need to do is learn how to systematically turn our attention inward and just tap the place where it is and it erupts. Mm. Oh, and love that, that. Yeah. 
and 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 so we've got to get this technology out there and so we've created the meditation teacher training academy um, to empower passionate meditators to become embodied leaders in their community to take this practice into the community and just make it very normal mm. you know not make a big whole sort of thing about it mm. let's all just sit down and meditate together and then have a chat about you know the experiences that we're having as human beings and normalize it and not sensationalize it and blow it out into mm. this whole thing because then the spiritual re- ego comes in and that's the one you've got to be worried about the real sneaky ego (laughs) yeah they say that that one is the is the hardest stain to remove from the fabric of our soul yeah Um, i bet and yeah and so you know the best way to do that is to 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 always just make it about serving the community and not about how awesome you you think you need to be within the community awesomeness is defined by how you service it Beautiful. How, you, how you're in service. I love that. And that's, that. How, that's how we need to redefine awesomeness is by, you know, not how fabulous you look, but how, how fabulous you are in the quality of your loving attention in the present moment when somebody's actually just talking to you. Totally. Can, can that be uh, your next project, just redefine the whole dictionary? That would be that would be amazing. Um, well, you know what, Johnny, we always offer an invitation at the end of every episode to our listeners so they can start incorporating um, what we're discussing today. And I think what you just shared is the perfect invitation. So I would love if our listeners can look a little bit deeper into this topic and get the golden sequence. As I said, I'm reading it and I cannot put it down. It resonates on such a deep level and is also so practical and just so Mm. makes sense. And it's so poetic. I mean, you can hear by Johnny's, how Johnny speaks. It's just like honey. It's just so beautiful. So get the golden sequence. You're so welcome. And we will connect all of these links to the show notes. Um, but if people don't go into the show notes, where can people find the golden sequence? And obviously they can get the one giant mind app just on their app shop on their phone. And that's the other assignment is to get the golden sequence, get deeper and then start meditating. And the one giant mind is so brilliant because I think it considers beginners and it's, as you said, it's got a very um, thought-out process where it's not too overwhelming. You start building your foundation, and then when you're ready, <clears throat> it's the next layer, and then the next layer, and you create a, a really strong, well-built castle to rock life yeah. in. Yeah, so where exactly. can we find um, the, the, go- the golden, the golden sequence? Uh, so in the in the US, you can go to either Amazon or Barnes and Noble or one of the. I mean, if you Google the Golden Sequence, it'll come it. up in in, a, in about a hundred different um, platforms. Brilliant. Um, yeah, and that that same applies in every territory around the world. Uh, it's a worldwide release now, so it's available online everywhere. Well done. Um, and the the app is also on iOS is iOS and Android, so you can get that anywhere. Brilliant! And if you want and you want to know about the teacher training academy, yes. you just go to onegiantmind.com, um, and all you need to do is apply. Applying is free, and one of our team will um, assess your application immediately and get back to you within twenty four hours. And and it's a really great program because um, we launch new cohorts every month. Um, it's all online, so you can you can do it from the, the comfort of your own home, but you get lots of uh, FaceTime with me online um, through the whole training. That's a reason and to do it just there. 
Yeah, and so the, the training's broken down into into um, two phases. The first phase is three months, which is the online certification where you get a lot of face time with me. Um, and once you're certified, then you step out into the world as a teacher and your training continues on the job because our philosophy is you only really learn how to be a teacher once you start teaching. Mm -hmm. We provide you everything you need to know to get started and then we walk with you as you develop your skills as a teacher for the remaining year. And um, and then from there, you know, it goes into level two, three and four and all of that and, um, you know, and I'm always going to be there to be supporting everybody as we progress. Amazing. And what an incredible way to keep your own life on track is to be teaching what you need to kind of you know keep in the forefront of your mind so exactly i always say if you want to learn something fast start teaching it yeah that's very true Mm. well i Mm. am completely signed up and (laughs) johnny i mean i could just keep talking to you for hours and we may have to do another podcast and you know a topic a subtopic of what we just kind of skimmed over today but um I just want to thank you so much for taking out the time and giving us your energy and your wisdom and your heart and undivided attention as you're a master at. And um, I'm completely convinced that meditation is the only way into a better life for all, not just myself and service, you know, just being service to love. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, you know, people would argue that there are lots of other ways and, and I think there's validity in that. But meditation certainly is so helpful, mm-hmm. you know, in this day and age. It, it's hard to justify not doing it given how intense life is. Yeah. You know, it's, it's really important. So thank you guys so much for having me on your show. I think what you guys are doing is so wonderful. And it would be a pleasure to come back on at any time you ask me. It would be my pleasure. Oh, we'll There's be so lucky much more to I have so much stuff I know, I know. I just said that. And we're just thinking, I know we're about to go, but do you have a podcast? Aren't you starting a podcast? Yes. Yeah, so we have the, the – that's the other thing that listeners can listen to. Thank you for reminding yes. me. Yes. Um, we have a, a, a podcast called The One Giant Mind Podcast with Johnny Pollard, and it's a very unique format. We, we, we um, record – uh, episodes over seven hours. So we invite a big group into a room wow. and for, for seven hours we do Q and a and we record the whole thing. And so anybody, everybody in the room can come and sit and ask me a question. And then I basically sh- share my perspective on the question they ask, whether it pertains to something very personal or a bigger sort of bigger picture philosophical question. And we explore lots of territory um, with the underlying thing of making the, the, the knowledge very practical mm. and the episodes barely, very rarely run over 20 minutes. So they're wow. designed to be bite-sized chunks of wisdom and, um, yeah, it's a really fun, enjoyable format. And I'm actually looking forward to coming to L.A. Yay. and doing a recording of, of, of 10 episodes there. So oh, I'd we're going to be there. We're going to be firing the questions at you. You have to come <laughs> hang out with us if you do come to Yeah, it's, I was just about yeah. to say, it sounds like Jenna the Oracle has some competition with Johnny the Oracle. <laughs> Johnny would be the Oracle. I'll have to be about that. <laughs> oh, well, the king there of the no queen. There is no competition in this field. Of course, of course. Just seventh to we love. Are, we're force multipliers. <laughs> That's true. Amazing. Well, yeah. I will be there and I will be signing up to listen to that podcast on iTunes. So yeah. well done. Thanks. We Thank adore you Johnny. you, Johnny. Thank you so much for your time. And we're going to have you on you. soon. So this isn't goodbye. This is see you later. Yeah, this is see you soon. See you soon, mate. Yeah, yeah mate. <laughs> All right. Enjoy Oz for me.
I will. Lots of love. Lots, Lots of, of love, love, Johnny. Bye. Visit our website, themotherlovingfuture.com for more information. And please leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you like what you hear. We read every single review and comment, and we are so grateful for your support. See you next week.